Hello, A's fans, and welcome back to another episode of Athletics Baseball Podcast with your host, Taylor. I just got back from my spring training trip today. Me and my wife, first time for us in a long time, either of us, maybe 20 years for me. I've got a ton to talk about, and I think that instead of trying to cover everything, I'm going to try to be a little bit brief because I could probably make a two-hour episode with everything that happened over the weekend with with this trip. But I am going to talk a lot about my spring training experience, as well as the results of some of these games, and I'm just going to try and condense it all as I can. But first, before we get into the meat of this episode, I would just like to remind you all, if you haven't done it yet, rate and review the podcast wherever you listen, Tell your friends and family. Check out our social media accounts on Twitter at athletics underscore pod, on Instagram at athletics underscore baseball underscore podcast, or reach out to us anytime at the email athleticsbaseballpodcast at gmail.com. And finally, if you are as passionate about the A's staying in Oakland as I am, then Perhaps you should consider doing what I've done and email the Oakland Mayor at officeofthemayor at oaklandca.gov and just politely let her know that it would mean a lot for you and everybody else in the Bay for the A's to stay in Oakland. Now, why don't we jump right into a little bit of my spring training experience over this weekend. For starters, we drove. It was a long drive, lots of traffic in every direction on our way there, on our way back, on our way to the stadium for the first ball game on Friday that we went to, and it was all totally worth it. <laughs> it was great. It was, like I, like I said, for me it's been at least 20 years since I have gone to spring training, and the experience at the ballpark is just fantastic. If you've never gone, I really recommend it. And it can it can really make you feel like a kid again. It it's great. It definitely brought me back to feeling some childlike joy, I would say. <laughs> As a kid, like I said, I, I went to a ton of A's games growing up and I did go to spring training. Somehow I never ended up with any signatures, never got a ball from from anybody in warm-ups during a game, never caught a foul ball, home run, nothing like that. And I had decided that I wanted to get some signatures on this trip, get my first signatures. You know, it's, I know a lot of people feel different ways about that, uh, adults trying to get signatures from the players, but I can promise you I didn't elbow any kids out of the way. <laughs> Me and my wife both waited until all the kids had gotten their signatures, and then if the player was still hanging around and, and willing to do a little something for us, then that's when we tried to make our move. <laughs> and our biggest goal, really, was to get signatures on a scrapbook page with a picture from our wedding where we both wore A's socks, and we had already had one player, Tony Kemp, graciously 
sign that picture. So our goal was to add to that. It was one of our biggest goals for this trip, other than, of course, just watching some great baseball. And we got so much more than just that. I can't say enough how great all of the players were with the fans. Not just me and and my wife, but us included as well. People were amazing, all the players, the coaching staff as well. So a huge shout out to all the players and the coaches who were out there taking care of the fans, making the experience special for them. Tony Kemp was great as always. He was out there, I think it was the Reds game. (laughs) He was signing autographs at such the last second that... You know, the, the netting had already been closed off, and play, fans were handing him stuff, squeezing it under the net, and the A's were all already out there on the field, taking the field for the top of the first, getting ready, and he was squeezing in a few last autographs for some kids before he totally ran out of time and had to <laughs> get his stuff and get over to second base real quick. And stuff like that is awesome. We got a ton of really cool signatures, including Mark Kotze, which was a really awesome one for us to get there. It's kind of hard to get some of the coaching staff. And to add to that, I want to I wanna give a big shout-out to the bullpen coach, Mike McCarthy, who was really cool. He, after the Reds game on Saturday, not only did he sign our wedding page, but he stopped and chatted with us for a bit. And then when we saw him again on Sunday, when we went to the Dodgers game, he stopped again and talked with us some more and ended up giving me the signed lineup card for the day. So that was a really cool moment there. Really, really good guy. Ryan Noda, he he was also out there after the Dodgers game. I think it was actually it was actually kind of funny because I think that he was really expecting some more Dodgers fans to come by because he was a Dodgers minor league guy for a long time and I didn't really see any Dodgers fans over there but I could be wrong on that. I didn't see that he was where he was signing autographs until a little bit later than he was probably there but There were a ton of A's fans over there, a a good group that were excited to get pictures with him and get some autographs on on balls and hats and things. And he was great about that with the fans. Adam Aller and Paul Blackburn, they both stopped and spent a good chunk of time with the fans signing, signing autographs. And then on top of that, Fuji also was really great, and he actually spent a ton of time signing autographs, which, of course, everybody was excited to try and get an autograph from Fuji. So there was a large group, and he signed every one of them. Tyler Soderstrom came around, and he was signing things for everybody. He was really great with the fans. And then, of course, there were a ton more players that were great with the fans as well. And I only spent three days there, and I didn't get to see everybody giving out their autographs. There were multiple areas where fans were trying to get autographs from players, and 
just in general, the A's players seemed to be really good with the fan interaction. So just huge shout out to all the A's players and the younger guys, the the older guys that have been around, a bunch of them just made, I'm sure, this spring training really special for a lot of families that were there. And then a quick shout out to Clint, the security guard at Hohokam, who apparently has been doing it for quite a while at the A's stadium. And he was great with the fans as well, with helping them to get their interactions with the players. And he was just a super cool guy. So if you have been around spring training yet at the A's spring training ballpark, then you've probably seen Clint, even if you didn't know it, he's the security guard with the big beard. And then last but never least, big shout out to all the A's fans who just continue to be amazing. Best fans in baseball, if you ask me. Every A's fan that we interacted with over our whole trip was just super polite, friendly, approachable, helpful. If you didn't know where something was, then they were more than happy to help you out. There was, of course, a tailgate where it was basically they were just giving out food and drinks to anyone who wanted to come by and hang out a little bit. Very much Coliseum parking lot vibes for sure. Okay, my goal was to keep this relatively short and sweet, so I'm going to cut off my shout-outs and praises here and move into some of the meat these games over the, over these last couple of days since my Thursday episode. I've obviously already talked about the Friday game in Friday's bonus episode with surprise guest, my wife, but I should probably give a quick talk about Thursday's game. I haven't talked about that one, and then I'll go over my experience actually being there as well on Saturday and Sunday. So I'll be pretty brief on Thursday's game since a lot has happened since then, but we had six walks and five hits, and we couldn't get a run in. It was a frustrating game, and those precious five hits that we got were courtesy of a double from Nick Allen, a double from Kevin Smith, a double from Ruiz, a double from Loriano, and then a single from Pache. And that was it. And you'd really think six walks and four doubles and a single, you'd get somebody home, but sometimes that's just the way it falls. Nick Allen had a stolen base that game, Loriano had one as well, and our pitching was not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Waldachuk was getting hit around a little bit. He was the opening pitcher, the starting pitcher of that day. He went four innings and one out in the fifth, only gave up two earned runs, and only walked one batter and struck out three, but he allowed six hits, and just those two earned runs was enough to tip that game in the Royals' favor, despite Rico Garcia coming in to clean up the rest of the fifth inning, and Adam Aller coming in for three shutdown innings to finish the game up. Only one hit in those three innings with two strikeouts, and 
Adam Aller has been looking very good, as I have said before, and he just keeps looking better and better. His last two outings, he went a combined seven innings with no runs allowed, three hits total, and only two walks. So Adam Aller is dealing right now. He is definitely dealing. And even before that, he had two previous outings, which I'm even hesitant to look. Er, the earlier we're looking at the pitcher's performance, I, I mentioned this in one of my previous episodes, the earlier you look in these starting pitchers, or any any of these pitchers really, performance in spring training, you're going to be seeing some weird results because not only are there small sample sizes when a guy only goes one or two innings, but they're not necessarily stretched out, loosened up, and they're maybe working on certain things, trying to develop a new pitch, get it perfected during spring training, something like that. And it's not really representative of what their actual pitching in a game situation would necessarily be. But that said, when you go back to his two previous outings as well, he went 5.2 innings with two runs allowed for that, and only two walks, seven strikeouts in those two outings, nine strikeouts in the more recent two outings, and 5.2 innings, two runs allowed, not a bad line at all. So in total so far spring training, 12.2 innings, 16 strikeouts, only four walks with two runs allowed, and just nine hits total. That's pretty fantastic. So keep an eye on Adam Oller because he he is making a huge case for his opening day inclusion on that roster for sure. That said, like I keep saying, there's a ton of competition for these slots and Ken Waldachuk, he is starting to get himself stretched out at this point now. His first outing, he only went one inning. Second outing, one and, one and two-thirds. Third outing, three and a third. And this last one, four and a third. So as we see all of these guys start to stretch out a little bit more and get to the point where they can actually go a little bit deeper into these games, then you will probably see performances shake out a little bit differently than they have so far. And with how tight these competitions are for some of these positions, don't expect everything to shake out quite yet. I think that Kotze is going to use the full amount of spring training time to make his final decisions as far as who makes the cut, which is interesting because you are probably going to continue to see something that we've been seeing because of that. A ton of lineup changes during these games, lots of lots of players, lots of bodies getting time on the field. Thursdays, I, we basically have had 18 guys in the lineup on each game, pretty much every game, with just a couple of exceptions. Uh, Sunday's game against the Dodgers being one of them. So tons of guys getting work, and as I said, decisions for the final roster probably going to be pretty last minute. That's what I think. So we already talked about that Giants game. Just to repeat myself for about one minute or less, it was an amazing game. 7-2 to win. Took the lead in the beginning, never gave it up, looked great the whole way on both with pretty much everything, hitting, fielding, 
and pitching. Caprellian was the starting pitcher that day, and he looked real good. Trevor May, real good. Three strikeouts, struck out the side. Chad Smith, he is just, he continues to impress. That day, really, Friday, was a great view of our bullpen guys. We got five innings out of bullpen guys, and they were all good outings. Even Steckenrider, who did let in one earned run in that one inning that he pitched, I thought he was looking good, and I'm going to put it out there that I think that our bullpen could be pretty good this year. Last season, it was something that I personally had a problem with. We actually had a lot of guys put up good performances in the bullpen. Guys like Acevedo, Sam Mole, Zach Jackson, Danny Jimenez, and of course, I, I think there were some more that I just... I can't remember, but we, we did use a ton of guys. Those guys did not all get the equivalent of a full season of work at the majors. And some of the other guys that we had coming in and out, getting some experience, which it doesn't really matter that much because it's last year, we were totally on a rebuild, committed to essentially finding out who is going to be someone that we might want to try and run with going forward. But I just felt like maybe last season we should have spent, I don't know, five million bucks or, or a little bit more to try and get one or two decent veterans who we felt like we could rely on in some closer games. And I feel like just having that experience and reliability consistency in the bullpen last season would have been very helpful. And of course, we made that step forward in this offseason, picking up Trevor May, and now we also get to reap the rewards of filtering through some bullpen guys from last season to see who we might want to use going forward. So I'm really I'm really liking on paper what we've got going. We'll have to see how that works out. The Saturday game against the Reds was a bit of a rough one. It was a fun game to watch, although frustrating at times. Muller started that game off. We lost 7-1. to Muller started off looking great. He went five innings and one out into the game. So he went into the sixth and was doing great. No walks at all for him that whole game. Only five hits, but unfortunately, three guys got across in the fifth inning. They kept him out there, and he went just for the one out in the sixth inning, they pulled him out, tossed in Zach Jackson. He has been absolutely lights out, and he just didn't have it that day. I don't know what the deal was exactly, but three walks, two hits, three runs scored, and only got one out before he had to be yanked. And Austin Pruitt came in and went 1.1 scoreless. Sam Mole went one inning with... He got hit around a little bit. Three hits, one run scored. That run was just a solo homer. And that wasn't anything that actually mattered at that point in the game since we had only managed to score one run. We were already down 6-1. to one. But Danny Jimenez came in and closed it out nicely through one inning with one strikeout, no hits, no walks. Offensively, like I said, there wasn't too much there on Saturday against the Reds. We did get five walks and five hits, but we just couldn't put them together. Stranded a lot of guys on base. Nick Allen hit a nice triple 
and then Ruiz knocked him home. That was the only run scored and the only hits of the day. Kevin Smith, a single, Asturi Ruiz, a single, Tony Kemp got a single, Zach Geloff with a single, and Nick Allen with the triple. Langoliers and Geloff both got stolen bases, and I believe that that was the game where Tyler Wade had come in to play shortstop towards the end of the game when we were in a little bit of trouble there, and someone, I don't remember exact, I don't remember who it was on the Reds, someone hit a high line drive over Tyler Wade. He jumped up, and it was actually a really impressive jump, and managed to get his glove on that ball, but he didn't have it secured, and so when he came down, that ball came out, and I think he thought he had it at first, and that ball was on the ground for about half a second, and the Reds' base runners saw it immediately and started booking it. Luckily, Tony Kemp, who is always quick on his feet with defensive plays and paying close attention to everything going on, he was aware of what had happened before, I think, any of the fans were aware of what had happened, and definitely before Tyler Wade was aware of what happened. So Tony Kemp ran over from second and grabbed that ball and threw it home in the air. It was like a diving throw. He dove to grab the ball and then threw it home and got the base runner out. And that was the third out that finally got us out of the top of the sixth, which if he doesn't make that play, then who knows how long that really painful half inning keeps going. And as always, it was great to watch him do his thing out there in the field. So finally, let's go on to Sunday's game against the Dodgers. A really fun one. I gotta say, we won it 6-3, to three, and that makes the second spring training win for us against the Dodgers. The first one on March 9th. So, that means we went 2-0 and against the Dodgers in spring training, and 1-1 and against the Giants, except the one that we lost was a split series. So, we had two squads going, one against the Padres, one against the Giants which means we were not running our full choice of lineup, did not have our full choice of bullpen, and we still had yet to make several cuts and roster changes, and were still at that point figuring out who was sort of going to be on the squad to a greater extent than now. So I I'm going to go ahead and put more weight on the more recent win against the Giants than the previous loss against the Giants, and I was really excited to get those two wins while we were in Mesa checking out the spring training games. The loss against the Reds, I don't really care. I got to see us beat the Giants and the Dodgers, so go A's. In all seriousness, it was a great game against the Dodgers. It was actually pretty close, closer than the score might lead you to believe as well. Fuji was the starting pitcher against the Dodgers, and he went into the fifth inning. He went four and two-thirds innings and only allowed one hit, struck out four guys, one run allowed. Great line, but he walked five guys. He did run into some trouble 
that was around the third inning where he he struggled and pretty sure he he walked the bases loaded in that inning and I think a sacrifice fly in the third got that one earned run in for the Dodgers and Fuji worked through that inning came back very solidly in the fourth and got two outs in the fifth before letting up a double at which point they yanked Fuji and he had done his work he had he had got his pitch count in and they put Austin Briggs in and if you don't know who Austin Briggs is you're probably not alone the highest level he's played at was double A he played 28 games in 2022 for the A's at the double A level 31.2 innings with a 4.26 ERA he is 27 a 6 foot 1 lefty bullpen pitcher and that was his second outing in spring training both times uh in a one out situation one out to get out of the inning and he walked one guy got his one out got out of the inning Acevedo came in in the 6th perfectly clean slate for for him there no hits no walks no strikeouts no runs just got out of it real quick Steckenrider came in he had a little trouble two walks two hits for one earned run with one strikeout and then Chad Smith came in and kept up his really great performances in spring training with one walk and one strikeout in one inning no runs allowed Rico Garcia came closed out the game we were ahead 6 to 2 at that point and he struck out two guys and allowed two hits with one earned run no walks though so he did well and what i meant when i said that it was a closer game than what it might look like from the box score is the dodgers had some traffic on the bases the a's walked nine players total and allowed five hits there were a lot of situations where luckily the dodgers were stranding some guys on base a a lot of guys where things easily could have been very different one or two more hits fall or a couple of errors from the A's and it totally changes defensively the A's situation there and as it was it was a close enough game anyway six to three that one big hit at the wrong moment could have changed everything which makes it kind of funny that the Dodgers fans continue to keep their reputation up as far as getting there late and leaving early, even though they don't have the excuse at their home ballpark in spring training, because this was a home game for the Dodgers, they don't have the same excuse that they always use with Dodger Stadium, that, oh, well, the traffic is so long to get there and to get home, and it takes forever to get the parking and then to walk into the stadium. Well, none of those really apply for these spring training games. And yet, the stadium didn't fill up until maybe the second inning. And in the eighth, people were starting to filter out. Something that you just don't see to that extent, I think, with A's fans. A lot of A's fans stayed the entire game for that Dodgers game 
for the A's games at home. Just something that that I definitely noticed during that game. It was the seventh inning, everything was fine and normal. The eighth inning, I turned around and, hang on, weren't there people in those stands? <laughs> well, why don't we get to the offensive production from the A's in that game against the Dodgers? It was packed with production. Nine walks, seven hits, a lot of patience at the plate from a lot of guys. And even, like, Ryan Noda had three strikeouts, but those strikeouts, I'm if, if I remember, they all, or maybe two of them, he got behind in the count 0-2 and then fought back with a lot of patience at the plate and a, a good eye to 2-2, two 3-2 and two, three and two counts before he ended up striking out. So even though it didn't end up working out on those particular at-bats, that just shows a ton of grit, in my opinion, and you love to see it. Those are the types of approaches to an at-bat that are going to allow you to get those walks when the opportunity is available, that are going to allow you to hang in there until the pitcher makes his mistake that you can capitalize on and get a good ball to hit. And it wasn't just Noda. This was something that I was seeing all weekend from a lot of guys just hanging in there, giving them tough at-bats, getting walks when they were available, and even if it ended up in a strikeout or a flyout, it was a gritty, tough, grindy at-bat that is really something that is probably going to make it hard for these opposing pitchers once the season is going. And we might burn deep into some of these bullpens that we end up facing if we keep up at bats like this. Ruiz had a, two walks in his three plate appearances. Denzel Clark got one hit in his two at bats. Ryan Noda had one hit in his four at bats. Langoliers, he had one walk and one hit on the day in three plate appearances, two at bats. But that one hit was a line drive of a home run to left field that went about 20 feet past the wall and cleared it by probably 10 feet vertically. And it was the only home run Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, Thursday as well, because we didn't score at all on Thursday. So, And I don't think we played on Wednesday. So it's definitely the only home run on the A's since at least Tuesday. And I don't recall if we had any on Tuesday or not, but... It was a great hit. It drove in two runs, two two RBIs for him off that home run. And that was just right in the beginning of the game. First inning really, really gave the A's some energy, I think, and set the mood for the whole game, got the A's fans into it, and probably took the Dodgers fans out of it a little bit, which is always helpful because you don't really need, as a player, a bunch of confident Dodgers fans in the Dodger home stadium, but moving on, McCann got one walk in his two plate appearances, Connor Capel with two walks in his three plate appearances, Pablo Reyes took a walk across his two plate appearances, Soderstrom, six plate appearances, he was DHing, 
on Sunday. He had, or no, five, sorry, Soderstrom, five plate appearances. He was DHing on Sunday. He had one hit, which knocked in one run. And Nick Allen, although he, he, so he had two plate appearances and didn't tally any hits, but did knock in a run with a sacrifice fly. Kevin Smith, who subbed in for Nick Allen about halfway through the game, he had two plate appearances, no walks, no hits, but he also had an RBI. J.J. Blade started the game there. He had four plate appearances, one walk, no hits. Tyler Wade got a hit in four at-bats, and Zach Geloff got one walk and two hits in four plate appearances. Sorry, that offensive production count kind of took a long time to read because there was a ton of offensive production in that game. (laughs) And it was really fun to watch. We pretty much always had a guy on base, and we just really dug into their pitching. The only pitcher of theirs, they had two pitchers that were effective, essentially, Rooney and Stone. And Stone was really the, he was really the thorn in the A's side. He went three innings and struck out eight guys, only allowed three hits, no walks. So he he was definitely tough for, for our guys. And other than that, our production was phenomenal. Fuji took the win. Chad Smith got a hold. And all in all, it was just a, a really fun game, really great game to be at, and Gotta say, I I really actually like their spring training stadium, their their spring training ballpark. Really nice layout. The amenities are all very accessible, and you can, a lot of them, they're pretty much all outside. You can see the action of the game pretty much anywhere you are. So that was a nice change from the A's spring training ballpark where it's more like the Coliseum where the amenities are all in a causeway sort of behind home plate and there's no way to see the games from in there there's no TVs like in the Coliseum broadcasting the game so that you can see it there's no radio broadcast being played so I do have to say that I I did like the game experience at the Dodger Spring Training Ballpark Well, I think I have talked about my spring training trip enough for you guys. I hope you enjoyed hearing about my experience out there in Arizona, in Mesa, at the A's ballpark, Ho-Ho Cam, and at the Dodgers ballpark watching the A's and Dodgers play. I had a great time, and if you guys have not been to spring training or if maybe it's been a while Maybe you haven't gone since you were a kid or since you were younger in your 20s, 30s, whatever. You should maybe check it out. It's it's a ton of fun. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you on Thursday. Have a great week.